Right, hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. Today I have Whitney, my friend, <laughs> that I met last year on Bumble BFF. If you want to introduce yourself or anything. Hi, my name is Whitney. Um, I use she, they pronouns and I'm really excited to be a guest. What do you want to talk about? That's a great question. Do you want to talk about your trauma with <laughs> your mom? I don't even know. Like, do I have to just go into it? You can talk about whatever you want. Absolutely whatever you want. We could talk about um, the first time my mom left, the second, third, fourth, or fifth, um, and why I have abandonment issues. <laughs> why don't we talk about your mom? I think a lot of people go through that too, like with their home experience. Yeah, um, sure. So I guess today on the show, on podcast episode, um, we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about mommy issues. I feel like everyone talks about daddy issues all the time, um, but there's like a stigma around having issues with your mother for some reason. My mom had me um, nine days after she turned twenty, and um, she enlisted in the military immediately after I was born, um, but didn't tell them that she had a child. So um, my grandparents were just left one day with a eight month old that they couldn't take care of. The army ordered my mom to court um, for guardianship of me and she didn't show. So my grandparents got full, uh, full legal guardianship of me. The judge at the time told my grandparents what was best for us would have been legal guardianship. Basically what that kind of means is as soon as you turn 18, it gets terminated while all of the other different options for custody, um, you have the option to become a, or stay independent, a dependent until you're like 26 um, because a lot of students go, or people go through college. Um, and so they stay on their parents' insurance, they can still claim them on taxes, they live with their families. Um, but if you have legal guardianships, you cannot. So as soon as I turned 18, um, we weren't expecting this. We got a letter from the state um, saying that my guardianship was terminated. Um, I was immediately taken off of my grandparents' health insurance. So then she never came back from that experience really. Like she never came back to be a mother for me. Um, she was ultimately discharged from the army um, for having too many medical issues. And she just lived with my family. And actually my earliest memory the earliest thing I can ever remember is probably about when I was three. I have this vague memory of my mom screaming at my grand at my grandfather, uh, throwing things, um, packing a packing her bags and leaving. And I didn't see her again until I was like five. And that is the earliest memory that I can even think of. That's kind of always been how I viewed her. And since I was only three, I didn't really understand what was going on. So. Um, my grandma was always my mom to me and when my mom came back a couple years later she moved uh, she came back and rejoined us um, when i was about five or six and i didn't know who she was and she overheard me calling my grandma mom and my grandpa dad and she grabbed my little arm and like pulled me to the side and was like yelling in my face that they're not your parents i'm your parents they stole you from me um, and my, I didn't even tell my grandma this until last year, I think, maybe the year before that, um, because I thought I did something wrong. At this moment, I couldn't separate that different adults could be wrong about things or have different opinions. 
So I thought all the adults knew I did something wrong and I was in trouble. So I never talked about it ever. And when I brought it to, up to my grandma, she's like, you know, I used to wonder why all of a sudden you went from calling me mom all the time to if you slipped up and calling me mom, why you were apologizing so profusely because it would get to like, we would go somewhere and I would be like, mom, oh, sorry, grandma, sorry, it's grandma. And she was like, it's okay if you call me mom. And I was like, no, it's not. Um, and she never really understood that. She uh, even told me, she was like, I was always so confused why you did that um, when you were little. And um, I thought she knew. I, in my head, had equated like getting in trouble with all adults like knowing what was going on. My mom then left for a couple more years and, and then she came back for a little while in 2008. And this is the time period where I remember her, or I remember like having a really weird idea of what motherhood is because um, I would hear her talk about babysitting me. Um, and that was always the language she used when she'd spend time with me that she had to babysit me. I kind of started isolating um, and reading a lot, um, learning to play by myself because I felt like I was a burden and that people didn't want me there. You know, no one ever stopped to think, you know, this is a nine-year-old. Does she know that what's happening here is not right? And I didn't, I didn't know. I thought that was normal and expected and I thought it was my fault most of the time. I don't know, it just, I think it just kind of started how I react to different emotions and things happening now. Like when things happen to me, I just kind of expect that it's supposed to happen like that um, or that my feelings are supposed to be hurt or that it, people won't understand if my feelings are hurt. So I don't talk about them very often. Like I'm telling this stuff that like happened with my mom, but like I'm not crying because I have learned how to just kind of separate my emotions from these experiences. And it's something I'm still like working at to try to like reconnect with reality in a way because I just don't remember having emotions through that, like that whole time period. Like my grandma used to comment that I didn't cry about anything. Like my mom would do all this stuff to me and I never cried. She would tell me like, it's okay to cry um, when my mom left or it's okay to be sad. And I was like, but I'm not. I don't know, like realizing that at nine, I was thinking that I'm not sad that someone doesn't love me um, who's supposed to and how like, I don't know, I guess devastating that is. If I saw someone now, like a nine-year-old, just expect not to be loved the way that I felt when I was nine. I, I don't know, I just feel like I would give them a hug, you know, like yeah. the biggest hug. Um, and it's like weird that I won't like do that for myself. My mom is gay. That's a we love the gays though. Um, yeah, <laughs> that is an important note because it's just gonna make a lot more sense when I start talking about the people she's living with. Otherwise, you're gonna be like, why is she living with this person? That's her girlfriend. So she would leave a lot. She would move in with them and just kind of leave me. I was like not really a part of her life. She didn't see me as something. I needed to come with her. I wouldn't get phone calls, I wouldn't get visits, I wouldn't get birthday presents. Then they would break up and she would come back and it would be like, oh, I missed you so much. Like I can't, I wish I had been able to spend more time with you. But um, it didn't, a lot of it never really clicked when I was little. But when I was in high school, I remember realizing 
she lived two blocks away. Like she could have easily come to see me and she chose not to. That's on her. But she has like this way of always trying to make it seem like it was my fault. My mom is also a huge drug addict. I had to kind of go through a lot of weird experiences as a child that like I never really knew how to interpret. I would never really understand why they left. And then I would hear things like bond and um, we'll prepare parents and you know, we gotta stop doing this, she'll never learn. And I think I thought that I was doing something because I just kept hearing like she um, or like learning or like, but we, we, you know, we're in charge of this, we're the family. All I knew was my grandparents were in a bad mood and they left and they left me with someone else. And no one ever stopped to explain to me that they were getting my mom out of jail. No one explained to me that they were taking my mom to rehab. I don't think I really got any of it until my mom came to pick me up from school one day. She was driving me home and I only lived four blocks from my elementary school. Cop pulled her, or like turned on his lights. Um, but she didn't pull over, she just kept driving until he like came and blocked the entire road and like was on the intercom and he was like, get out of the vehicle with your hands up and all of this stuff. And no one, my mom didn't talk, like stop to take the time to like, no one at that point had explained even how to interact with like the police or what the police did as a function. We lived in the middle of nowhere. I never really even saw the police, like it was the country. The cop looked at me and was like, I'm so sorry, you have to see this. My mom just kept saying like, this is my daughter, I just need to take her home, we're one block away. This is my daughter, we just need to take her home, we're one block away. And I remember him repeating, well, we wouldn't have an issue if you had just stopped, I would have let you drop her off at home first. He ultimately let her drive me home. I went inside and she never came back. The, the cops were like, do you know your grandparents' phone number? And I said, yes. And they said, do you have a house phone inside? And I was like, yes. So I called my grandparents and the cops said, explain that your mom is under arrest. And they just left me there. And so I kind of just sat in the window on the phone and I called my grandparents and I was like, uh, mom was driving me home from school and the cops came and they arrested her. Um, and my grandparents were like, are you home alone right now? And I was like, yeah, no one, no one is here. They took mom away and they just left me. And I mean, I, my grandma was at work and she left work. She was like, I'm coming home. I'm gonna be home in just a second. I'm so sorry. And like, I just sat in the window and like watched the driveway for probably 30 minutes until my grandma was able to get home from work. Um, and that whole time I'm like, I'm nine. I'm not old enough to be home alone. And my mom was just arrested and I don't know what's going on. No one's explained anything to me. That's a huge real, like realization to come to when you're nine. All of this sounds like a lot <laughs> all of it um, at three you got me <laughs> the first one three um, ones, honestly um, how do you think it's like impacted your life now though because like you talked a lot about not knowing what's going on so as like a trauma response is like is it helpful to know everything that's going to happen beforehand now or is like how do you think you know like obviously abandonment issues but then yeah. your anxious attachment style or avoidance, which one you have. So I have like this insane urge or honestly a need for every um, slightly older female to love me. Any female teacher, librarian, um, school bus driver, all of them. Like if I, like I clung to upperclassmen. Mm -hmm. I remember upperclassmen were annoyed with me in high school because I was like 
desperately wanting to be their friends. And I think it's because I was viewing all of these people as like women who are older than me. And I think like subconsciously I'm putting everyone into a mother position. Like I just wanted a woman who's older than me to love me. So much the fact that like I would call my best friend's mom, mom. Like I still do to this day. I don't ever call her by her name. I only call her mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, hi baby. And this is just a question that I just want to ask. Like I'm not accusing or mm -hmm. assuming anything, but I guess like why is not calling your grandma mom? Like why doesn't that suffice that feeling? Does that make sense? I think part, partly because growing up, I saw my cousins have my grandparents too. Um, and I only had them. Um, and then like things would happen at Christmas time where um, I would get the same number of presents as all the other kids or I'd get slightly more and then they would be like well why did grandma and grandpa get Whitney more things and then I would see like I would be there and I would see like my family fighting with my grandparents over how much they loved me mm -hmm. and um, I remember how much it hurt because they never factored in what their parents got them they're like, well, grandma and grandpa got me one pair of shoes and got Whitney two. Yeah. But their parents got them three, you know? And in total, they would continually get more than me. Yeah. And like at, over the years, like at first my grandparents were like very like stick to their guns. They were like, Whitney doesn't have anyone but us. I think they just started like becoming more relaxed with it mm -hmm. to the point where then I got less presents than they gave the other kids. And I didn't get presents from anyone else. But I kind of always insisted on keeping my grandma in the grandma role because I didn't feel like it was fair to put her in the mom slash grandma role because then I didn't feel like I had a grandma. Mm -hmm. And I saw who my grandma was to the other kids and I wanted her for that too. But she also had to be like my mom. Um, so I think I was just searching desperately for someone else so that she could just be my grandma. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm kind of still searching for that like all the time because my grandma does so much for me and I just want her to be my grandma. I don't want her to have to feel like she has fulfilled the role of mom because like I also like know how much it does burden her because she feels so bad. She feels like it's somehow her fault um, and like she has to step up. But it's not her fault that my mom sucks. You didn't want her to. Yeah. You I wanted as your grandma. You wanted a grandma and you wanted a mom. Yeah. So, um, and I still to this day, I don't, like, my best friend's mom is Chris. Um, and I never call her Chris. I don't think I've, I can't remember the last time I've called her that. Like, mm -hmm. unless I'm telling my grandparents who I'm talking about. Because if I just say mom, they're like, huh? Most of the time, like, if I do slip up and not say Chris when I'm talking to my grandparents, they're like, you mean Bethany's mom? And I'm like, yes. And then I call Jaden's mom, mom. I call, like I had a work mom at work who I called mom. And I had an upperclassman who I called mom. I was just like obsessed with calling these other women mom. Um, and I think I still am, like in a way. What do you think it'll take? That's a great question. I don't know if I'll ever heal from this. <laughs> um, maybe, cause like, one of the things, like when I got Callie and her sister Misty, uh, this is Callie, by the way. I don't <laughs> know if I clarified. Um, when I when we got them, like right away, calling myself mom, like not like 
oh, you know, I'm a cat owner, like I'm a cat mom, mm -hmm. you know, and putting myself in that role. And I don't know if like, I don't know if that's healthy. I have no idea, but I think I've just kind of like been trying to replace it with myself as mom. Mm -hmm. um, so then how do you feel about becoming a mom? I've always wanted to be a mom. And you, like, going through this, it changes, you know, how you want to interact with your kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to have such open boundaries where they don't feel like any feeling is too insignificant, that I won't care. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like, really making sure that they understand what's going on and explaining things even though they're small children. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't understand, just because like the concept is too big, just be mentioning like, you know, this is a concept that might be hard for you to understand. And, you know, as you get older, if you have more questions, you can ask, mm -hmm. um, you know, making that not sound like a, you know, you're just too young to understand. So 2009, Christmas 2009 was like, honestly, 2009 in general was like the worst year of my life. I have basal syncope, which is like a heart problem. Um, that causes you to pass out and anxiety um, increases the odds of you passing out essentially. And I've never had a year as bad as, bad as 2009. My grand, we didn't know what was wrong with me at the time. And so my grandma had like a detailed medical journal that she kept of every time that I would ever pass out. She would have my heart rate, my blood pressure, my temperature, how long I was passed out for, anything of note that happened, where I was, what happened, what time of day, like literally everything she could think of. She's writing it down and she's giving all this information information to the doctors and they don't know what's going on with me so now we know it's basically like syncope and it makes sense that 2009 when my mom was doing all this stuff to me that i was passing out all the time and um now i'm not surprised that i've been diagnosed with like severe anxiety mm -hmm. um he came back like this summer after my junior year of high school so like right before senior year um to like be able to like see me graduate high school um but my freshman year of high school so after not speaking yet then again for a long time after like that um she's out of nowhere like facebook messaged me and was like i don't know where you get off thinking that um you're the center of the universe um you are not the sun the world does not revolve around you and you are nothing but me you will be nothing but me your entire life and you will never be anything better and it was just like unprompted out of nowhere it was like six in the morning um so i woke up to these messages like from my mom and i was like why why, what did I do? And Helen's my stepmom, and um, I used to harbor the biggest grudge on Helen because my mom left me for Helen, and that's when she left in 2009. She'd been with Helen that whole time. So she watched Helen's kids grow up. Now Helen and my mom actually broke up uh, last year, or a year before. Helen is still in my life, and my mom is not which tells me like I was harboring all these feelings against Helen and it's not her fault. She didn't do any of that. And she's making a point to still like be there for me. And so like I'm mending that relationship with her and like trying to like, I have complicated feelings about her, but I'm trying to like, I don't know, come to terms with how things are and like mend that relationship. And then um, I'm mending that relationship with my stepbrother Never going to mend the relationship with my stepsister because uh, my mom did something to make her angry and so she blocked me on Facebook and she's never met me, she's never spoken to me and so I don't think I will ever like her because realistically that's stupid. The summer after my junior year, um, stuff just kind of started going downhill again. In October of my senior year, 
she called me and she was like Helen and I just broke up and she was acting really weird on the phone and that's kind of when I first had a suspicion that she'd like relapsed and was back on drugs she disappeared for a week and not no one knew where she was and like I was in the middle of midterms and first I got a call like that my moms had broke up right before I had a meeting and they've been together for 11 years I finally I spent the last four years like reconciling my feelings and like accepting Helen into my life and now they broke up so I'm just like constantly worrying where she's at the week after that I realized that Helen had blocked me on Facebook I was like wow I truly have no one she didn't go to my college graduation I'm a first generation low-income college student I was the first for my family to even go to college much less graduate from college Woo. and my mom didn't even text me Ooh. she got excited for you she said the zoomies <laughs> <laughs> she didn't text me she didn't call she didn't come to my graduation my grandparents dropped everything they were like we we're gonna we'll move the earth if we have to to get to this graduation they were like we've never been more proud of you in our life we had like this great day graduation happened like my boyfriend's parents were there like my boyfriend was there the day ended and like we got back home and I started crying and Rob's like, what's wrong Winnie? Like we just graduated college. Like you should be so excited. And I was like, my mom didn't call me today. And he was like, I'm so sorry. He's like, what do I say? You know, like what? I can't make this better. Then my grandparents like texted me and they're like, Hey, we got to the hotel safe. And I just said, mom never called. Like that was it. And my grandma was like, I'm so sorry. Damn. Now we're caught up 23 years in. And because like of what happened from the beginning, like she does have health issues, mm -hmm. but she cannot get health insurance because of that 26 thing that clicked in my head. Yeah, I can't get health insurance for my grandparents from that. Yeah, which also means you can't get mental health <laughs> help. Yeah, so that's why I'm working with the Welk right now with like my big frustration is, is they're like dragging their feet, making me full time and I can't get health insurance unless I'm full time. Yeah. So. And you have like, just not even like mental health, just your own like, medical health you need um you need like a doctor <laughs> i need a cardiologist i need a pulmonologist i need a um a therapist i need a therapist <laughs> i need a psychiatrist realistically yeah and i have to remind myself no like i'm not wrong for having emotions i'm not wrong for feeling this way i am not wrong for letting my feelings get hurt because I think at the end of the day, if my feelings get hurt, sometimes I'm like, well, it's my fault. I shouldn't have put my feelings out there. And then like, I'm trying to come to terms with, no, you shouldn't have to like hide your feelings so that they don't get hurt. Like you should be able to trust people not to hurt your feelings. Yeah. It's so hard. Sometimes like I'll even just talk to Rob about stuff and Monday will be, will be our four year anniversary, like four years. And last week i told him like how much i still am hurting from mom and helen splitting up and all of that happening and he was like there for all of it and he's like i didn't know that this even bothered you anymore he's like you never talk about it and i was like it hurts every day and he's like i had no idea mm -hmm. so like i don't know i'm not good at talking about it i'm like good at communicating with it yeah but I feel like I fake myself out. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm so open, like I'm being vulnerable with you here. I'm telling you right now, like my mom abandoned me. Um, she mentally and emotionally abused me for my entire life. She was manipulative. She 
uh, didn't care about anyone but herself. She's so narcissistic and um, I don't feel anything when I say it. It's like, oh yeah, look, I'm, being, you though? I'm like, oh look, I'm being so vulnerable and I say it, but like, then I'll be like, but I'm okay. But like, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. Yeah. It's okay though to not be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it's so cheesy. It's such a cheesy, weird little thing to say. Like, it's okay to not be okay. But it, it really is, you know, like, why does it feel like it's like you can't be okay? I don't know. <laughs> Good like, question. Like, you think you're taking up too much space? Honestly, I think sometimes I really do normalize the stuff I went through where I'm like, no, it's normal for people to feel hurt and abused by their parents. But, but it's mm, not. No. It's not normal. And I think I tell myself that my experience is normal and I'm not different from other people in that. Um, and that other people are going through real issues, you know? Invalidate yourself. Yeah, I'll be like, well, you know, my grandparents always provi provided for me. And like, sometimes like we'd have to eat, you know, maybe some really cheap food, you know, mm -hmm. maybe we weren't like going out of our way. We didn't go out to eat very often. They didn't buy me luxurious things, but I'll be like, so, I'll be like, you know, my grandparents loved me and um, so I have the right to feel hurt about like these other issues when like there are families who can't feed their kids no matter how much they love them. I'm being nourished and loved and cared for. I'm being selfish for being upset about the stuff that's going on outside of that. And um, I have a hard time coming to terms with like not comparing my trauma to other people's and thinking mine is less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. I feel like a lot of people feel that way and also it's just like, who gets to feel their trauma then? You know yeah. what I mean? Like whose trauma is valid if like none of us feel like someone has, you know, someone has it worse. Yeah. A community of people suffering their trauma and then comparing their trauma to each other and being like, yeah, but I don't have your trauma and I'm so sorry. Yeah. And it was like, I would never wish my trauma upon someone else, but I don't want anyone else's trauma either. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. We will end it here. So yes, this was my first guest. I'm really <laughs> excited. Thank you for coming on. Honestly, I was honored that you asked. Thank you. I was so excited when you said yes. Thanks for watching and I will see you in the next video. And in the meantime, stay cool, stay you and peace. <laughs>